0: Welcome in to the 615 Preps Podcast. My name is Chris Brooks. I will be one of your hosts tonight and through the entire season. On my left, Scott Burton. Hi, Chris. On my right, Christian Capozzi. What's up, boys? Well, uh, it's going to be a long season, but we've got three preview shows for you to start tonight. In the first episode, we'll have three classifications, Class 3A, Class 5A, and Division II AAA we will start with three A, but first I want to let these two guys introduce themselves briefly. Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, yes, uh,
0: I am a uh, uh, resident of Lafayette.
1: I am uh, used to be the uh, voice of the Redwood Bull Springs uh, Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs! Um, I've done uh, some freelance sports writing, and uh, I'm just really happy to be here. <laughs>
2: So, uh, this is Christian once again, uh, from Wilson County, graduated from Wilson Central two years ago, Uh, currently a student at Belmont University, I've done some different uh, publishing stuff when it comes to high school football the last couple summers, and currently I am the uh, voice of the Bobcats at John Overton High School.
0: Well, uh, those of you in Southern County will remember me. I'm Chris Brooks. I was for the Tennessee and the Gallatin News Examiner for several years. Uh, a couple last couple of years, I've been actually with on the four check at SB Nation blog covering the Nashville Predators back in high school and uh, kind of uh, happy to be back here and doing all this and getting this off the ground. It's been a long three months of getting this fired up, but uh, we're excited to bring this to you and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. And it, I know one thing. We are at least going to have a second episode because if we don't, that means we're firing ourselves. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, we start with our preview episodes again: Class Three A, Five A, and Division Two Triple A tonight. And
1: if you want to know where we're at, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Midstate Preps Plus, uh, Twitter. Uh, the main Twitter page is at Six One Five Preps. Uh, individually, you can follow uh, Christian at CPAK. CP Capozzi, excuse me, eighteen. CP Capozzi, eighteen. Um, Chris Brooks at C Brooks TN, and you can follow me at MPP Scott. Also, we have the website up. It is www.midstateprepsplus.com.
0: Also have Facebook and Instagram pages as well. Hope you like, guys will follow us there. We'll have some photos from scrimmages and practices that we'll be at during the preseason, and then on week n- Friday nights we'll have game photos as well for you guys to enjoy Um, hopefully you all will take those in and uh, just give us a follow on those places and uh, hopefully this thing will grow that's the whole goal of it is to help promote high school sports in general and football season as huge as it is around the state I'm ready guys let's get started Uh, do it class 3a so we have approximately 90 schools in the 615 area code and that includes we're also including Clarksville and Columbia in that they'll technically they're not 615 teams. We put them in anyway because they're big enough that they influence a lot of the teams that are in this area. Well, and we make the roles too. so exactly. exactly. Yeah. When you own your own thing, you can do that. If you want to do it, you yeah. do it.
1: Well, you might want to get some of the phone exchanges up and see if we can get them back in the 615.
0: Well, I'll see what I can do. I can make a few phone calls and uh, have my people call their people or whatever. There you go. But uh, we started Class Three A with Region Four, and this region, Upperman was the dominant team at it last year. They went thirteen and one, went to the semifinals in Three A. Uh, they're looking to try to do that again. But our teams that we're focusing on are a little bit further down in the pecking order. Smith County is the first of those. They snuck in in fourth place with a four and six record in the regular season, but they were a first round out.
1: Yeah, they lost to uh, Red Bank uh, uh, at the uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Um, they have a first-year coach. Um, he runs multiple schemes. Um, he's going to bring some new schemes, so how that team's going to adapt is going to be big.
2: And the thing that stands out to me personally, you got a first-year coach, and you
1: categorizes multiple on offense
2: and defense. Uh, to me personally, I think that's very difficult to do in your first year, uh, learning and teaching a new offense, not just one, different ones to, to these young players I think that's gonna be difficult to do in year one for Chris Harris. Or excuse me, Scott Murray.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scott yeah.
0: Murray's gonna have a, a big challenge on his hands. A former Smith County Al himself comes back over to Carthage to take over the program. Now they were in fourth place. They have a little bit of a tough schedule early on mm. with a bunch of road games. They do, however, close the year with five of their final six games at home. That's gonna help them try to make another playoff push this year, but we're looking at probably Upperman, Sequatchie County and York Institute as still the teams to beat in that region.
1: Agreed. But, you know, with a new coach, sometimes you get new energy. So, you, you uh, I do agree with you, though, Christian, that I think that it is difficult to bring those schemes in. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think uh, that the – Swing game is definitely going to be that Cannon County game.
0: Right, and they do have a, a returning quarterback in Cameron Spivey, a senior under center, so that's going to help them with some leadership. And they're going to definitely need it in that region if they hope to get back to the playoffs this year. The team that uh, they are going to have to beat out again, Cannon County. Uh, Cannon County 4-6 and six last year until they had to forfeit all of those wins. They had an ineligible player participate. They went from 4-6 and six to 0-10 oh on the record books. Uh, tough situation for them but they've been close to getting back to the playoffs for the first time since 2009.
2: And, and Matt Daniel returned to that community. He's, he's a Cannon County guy, and, and like you said, he had an ineligible player that played most of last year, and you had four wins, and at the end of the year, you have to give them all back. So uh, that all of a sudden knocks them back to the longest losing streak in the state of Tennessee. They're at 26 games now after going 0-10 uh, officially last year. So it was a tough situation, but you got to see how you bounce back in uh, 2019.
1: He's got 13 uh, returning starters, seven on offense, six on defense. So, he's got some experience there. Um, you know, they got to find a way to put last year behind them and, and the difficulties they had uh, with those forfeits and uh, and move forward.
2: And I tell you, big game week one. They take on White County. White County, the second longest losing streak with 24 games. So, 26 versus 24, somebody's got to end
0: the streak. Yeah, and White County also is playing a more of an independent schedule. They are not playing the region schedule this year. That's right. Because of some of the difficulties they've had, they were in a larger classification, so they've just decided to go with all region non-region games this year. So that, yeah, something's got to give in week one, and one of those two teams will break that long losing streak. But we move on to teams that don't have long losing streaks, and it's in teams in Region Five in Class Three A, um, uh, birds of a different kind, the Pearl Cone Firebirds, nine and three last season, Region Championship they might represent Metro's best chance at at breaking their long drought without a state championship.
2: And this, for me specifically, this region comes down like you said, the two birds, the Eagles of East Nashville, which we'll get to in a second, and Pearl Cone. Uh, Pearl Cone, once again, another big uh, year last year. And and to me, what I like when I looked at their schedule – Non Our non-region opponents this year, Cane Ridge, Independence, NBA, Maplewood, and Hillsboro, they're playing some of the best in the region and, and around uh, when they're not playing region games.
0: Tony Brunetti has never been shy about scheduling non-region games to really make his kids better, and he's done that again this year.
1: Yeah, 109 and 57 and 13 years of Pearl Cone. Uh, he's got a young team. He's returning eight starters, four on offense, four on defense. Um, they can make some noise in this in this, uh region um you know lost to stratford uh, in the second round 32 27 so um you can't sleep on these guys i do agree that it is it uh, looks like a two dog uh two dog race but uh uh you never can tell
0: they do have to replace a few key players with names like xavier shepherd Jaden harrison elijah simmons gone and on to college programs, they're going to have to replace some key players in the, in those three spots' respect especially.
2: Well, they've only got four returning starters on each side, so that's going to be difficult to, uh, to deal with. But it's one of those programs each year kind of just rebuilds itself. So uh, you got to look early on, and I think that's why these non-region games are so critical for these teams because – it doesn't affect your playoff standing, but when you're going up against, like I said, the independents, is the NBAs of the world that can only help you. And
1: if I'm not mistaken, they have a Vandy sign, uh, Vandy commitment.
0: They do actually. That's uh, one of their, actually the long snapper has committed to Vanderbilt. Uh, so uh, Wesley Shelling, yep.
1: uh, offensive line, defensive line for uh, Pro Cone, but for what you said, he's going to be a long snapper on Saturdays. But uh, uh, I think he'll be uh, he set he's going to set the tone up front. Uh, for the Firebirds
0: and Pearl Cone's going to have more kids that are going to be looking at my colleges. That just always happens with them. Oh yeah. So we go from Region Five in three eight over to Region Six. We includes well,
1: You want to get to the other teams?
0: Actually, we do. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah a, East Nashville, right?
0: Yeah, East Nashville. I don't know why I went there. <laughs> I get ahead of myself sometimes. You go. Good.
1: You're good. Yeah. That's all right. why we're
0: here. Hey, first episode. See, I'm a rookie at this. East Nashville.
2: And I, that's the team I just brought up. When you look at this uh, this region, it's, it's between these two teams. It's Pearl Cone, East Nashville. Uh, East last year, 10-2, and two, uh, lost in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, you've got Coach Brian Waite. He's been there now seven years, and uh, he, he's established something. And one thing that stood out to me throughout all this research of these teams are going to talk about is how many guys you got coming back. And uh, seven on offense, seven on defense this upcoming year. And you got to look at, to the end of last year. They were 8-0 going into their final stretch and uh, lost a game before the end of the, the regular season, and then uh, they were uh, bounced in the second round. So it, it's going to be another good quality team in Region 5, 3A.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, really, you brought it up, the uh, returning starters, you know, 14 of them. Uh, but you've got four, uh, I believe, four uh, 24-7 uh, top prospects on the team.
2: And when I was talking about that last end of the stretch, you looked at specifically their defense. Average on the year, they gave up 16.3 points a game. Uh, First six games, they were giving up about eight points a game. The final six, they were giving up about 24 points a game. Uh, So something happened there, that mid-range of the season, maybe it's the schedule, maybe the teams they were playing. Uh, but something happened with that defense that shifted, so I think that's why it's a huge thing that seven of those guys are coming back this year.
0: And oh, absolutely. And, and East Nashville has a very home-heavy schedule on the front end with uh, three of their first four at home. They do go to Smyrna to begin the year, and they've got Maplewood, Giles County, and Brainerd after that and then they have a lot of road games in the second half of the season.
2: And you got a quarterback that's coming back uh Aronde Thomas or Thompson, excuse me, a senior this year as a junior threw for over uh, 1700 yards last year. Anytime you've got a guy that's coming back for his second third uh, tour of duty as as a starter, especially at quarterback, it can only help you.
0: Moving on to Stratford. Now the Spartans were an interesting case last season. They didn't have a great regular season, but when the postseason hit, boy, did they turn it on. Cinderella nearly crashed the ball.
2: Spectacular when it comes to, to the playoffs. They were 2-8 and eight and then got into the playoffs just because of a tiebreaker and then just go on a run of just beating team after team. Uh, we already talked about it. They, they upset it. It was Pearl Cone, and that's a good Pearl Cone team we're talking about. We talked about the Elijah Simmons and those guys. Uh, just something happened with these guys. The final final month of the season, they get into November, and uh, a lot of it's their running back they had last year. Uh, James Moore, he's going to be a senior this year. Uh, he carried it 328 times last year, over 2,200 uh, yards and 25 scores. A lot of that offense goes through him and it will again this year. Yeah,
0: Thomas Porter's squad, uh, let's go back to the playoffs just real quickly. They beat Camden 29-22. They beat Procon 32-27. Knocked out Perennial Power Fairview 26-14 in the quarterfinals. They go to Covington and they're an overtime score away from the state championship the state championship game you know? right. that that kind of a run yeah we, we sometimes talk about you know the playoff system in this state I guess that could kind of be a, a case as to why it's actually a good thing some will argue it's not but uh, don't tell it to Stratford they had their he- chance.
1: Well, it's, you can't fault them. They got the chance. They made the most of it. I mean, they only beat Clarksville Northwest and White's Creek during the regular season. But uh, when given the opportunity, they turned it on. Uh, it, you know, it's the little team that could. <laughs> it turned into a sleeping giant. And that's all in uh, Thomas Porter's
2: first year as a head coach. So, uh, what a year for him. Mm. You struggle throughout the regular season and then go on, a, like you said, a Cinderella run in the playoffs.
0: Right. And their schedule this year, they have – Four home games, only two of those in the first eight weeks. Their schedule's very road-heavy at be- the beginning of the year. They'll finish with Columbia and Whites Creek at home, but they're going to be on buses quite a bit in the first two months.
1: Mm.
0: And, uh, Stratford will look to try to, to better their regular season record. They don't want to go in at 2-8 and eight again. but uh, All indications are that they won't. So, right. Spartans will be a team to watch this year in that region. Uh, Whites Creek is the next one on our list. And the Cobras were, unfortunately, in that tiebreaker as well. Finished 2-8 and eight and wound up getting knocked out in the first round. Now, they moved up because Giles County was forced to forfeit six games last year with an eligible player. So, that kind of shook that region up.
2: Uh, yeah, just looking at it, uh, and the numbers kind of tell the story. They were averaging just a little under five points a game on offense through the regular season. And, in the defense, uh, they were given about 36 points a game. So it's something that uh, Clinton Davis uh, going into his second year at Whites Creek, something that they've got got—they've got to work on. You get into the playoffs, but uh, like you said, sometimes a playoff berth in here, and especially in the pl- – and some of these regions and classifications, uh, it doesn't tell the story sometimes. So I know that's something they want to improve on. And
0: Republic joins this group. They moved from 1A to 3A this year. Uh, the trailblazers five and five last year in one a demarcus harman takes over as head coach of the trailblazers and they're bringing back some of their returning starters from last year but uh, they're just looking to make history
1: yeah they're moving up two classes here so they're going to have a uh, they're going to have a, a difficult time uh probably with, uh, some things they haven't seen and some dealing with some depth that uh you know, on some teams that they're going to be facing, um, there were yeah, you know, as you said, they're returning uh, nine starters, five on offense, four on defense. So, uh, like you said, it's an opportunity for them to make history, but that's not going to be easy for them.
2: And there was three things that stood out about Republic when I first saw it. One was the jump to one A three A. That's a that's a big deal when uh, you're talking about a team jumping not just one classification but two. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, it's the third head coach at Republic in the last three years. So so still more revolving at the head coach spot there for the Trailblazers. And third, it, we talked about this a second ago, uh, the listed here is offense is multiple, defense is multiple. So, let's see how that is with a new head coach and DeMarcus Harmon going into Republic and how that translates uh, to a new squad.
0: That's still, that region still looks to be, you know, interesting just because of the teams at the top. And even in the third and fourth place teams, uh, you know, we don't really know kind of how that's going to shake out. And it could – could, say, Stratford, you know, be the one to upset the top of that region. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, what they will have to do is go through Region 6 in the postseason. And to do that, you got to go through Fairview. The Yellow Jackets have been to the playoffs, you know, many, many years under Chris Hughes. Chris Hughes in his 11th season. A 10-win season for Hughes this year, he'll hit 100 for his career.
2: And that's big time. I mean, and he's got a good team coming back as well. Uh, last year you said 10-3, and three, a quarterfinals appearance against Stratford, and we talked about their storied run. And, and on the offensive side, he's got a junior coming back, and Logan Nardozzi, uh, 1,500 yards last year as a running back, that's, that's big. And The quarterback, that's going to be the question. He's got a senior returning, uh, Anakin King. He's a backup last year. He threw it 14 times, nine completions, 86 yards. So not a ton of experience, uh, but we, like I just said, the running game's huge for the Yellow Jackets.
0: Fairview has been in the top of that region for several years now. Uh, the teams that have been chasing him, Sycamore, is one of them. The, the wedge region shook out last year. Was Camden was second. And Sycamore, third. Cheatham County, fourth. Harpeth fifth. And Stewart County, sixth. Uh, Sycamore is the next one. We're going to talk about the War Eagles. Were, they finished four and seven last year. Went third in that region. Lost at East Nashville in the first round. Uh, they don't have a ton of experience they are bringing back 14 starters but uh, they they're relying on a lot of younger kids.
1: Right, that I mean it's going to be uh it's going to be a, a hard go but it but doable for Sycamore I think uh you know uh, coach uh uh Justin robinson uh, in his fourth year. Um yeah he he's going to have these guys uh ready to go I think run that multiple and the spread offense. That's going to be interesting though. Uh only uh he only had uh, seven, yeah, fourteen coming back. Right, uh, returns on offense and defense. It's gonna be really interesting to see uh, what they can do to uh, see if they can catch Fairview and to run that spread offense
2: and a running back that the uh, that they have at Sycamore, a guy by Tyler Nebel, set a new single season rushing record last season, over fifteen hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns. To to be able to run that spread offense but still be productive on the ground, I think that's huge because uh, you just know some, some of these Friday nights, you just don't know if, if it's weather or what's going on with the passing game. you got a guy there that's reliable in the running game.
0: A team that's going to need to find a guy reliable in the running game is Cheatham County. Uh, they've had some turmoil with the coaching change. Eric Hatley resigned in July. He's now at Franklin as an assistant. Dwayne Daniel takes over as interim head coach entering this season. They were 4-7 and seven last year, finished 4th they've got eight only eight starters back total four on each side of the ball they're gonna have to find some playmakers and, play, and find them fast
2: yeah like you said four and seven pearl cone uh, first round it's it's something that they've just got to uh they've, they've got to find a way here because we talked about fairview uh they're going to be a, a team that's the top of this region and 6-3-a and then also looks like sycamore has a chance to be to be pretty good to be there in the mix so uh, you just got to see what Cheatham County can do and just kind of shuffle things together and see what you can get uh, as you go into 2019.
0: Harpeth is hoping that they can take advantage of that shuffle. They finished fifth last year at 2-8, but Doug Loop's squad has some experience coming back with seven on each side. Um, the Indians want to try to break back through the playoffs. They haven't been since 2016. What do they have to do to, to get in the top four?
2: Uh, well, first off, I, I don't want to sound too harsh, but you just got to score more points. They scored eleven, <laughs> average eleven points a game last year. It's, it's just something you got to do. It's yep. eleven points a game. You're not going to beat many teams. Uh, like you said, two and eight a year ago, and it's not too long ago. They were eight and three in 2016, and it's just kind of s- slowly declined at four and six and uh, 17, two and eight last year. I uh, Think positive side is you got a junior quarterback, Thomas Sloane, uh, and, and to me, that's always a good thing. Where you might say, "Oh, well, he doesn't have the experience. Well, you're at least going to have him there a couple years. I think if you've got to plug senior after senior every year, you don't get the same consistency. Uh, so having a guy there as a junior quarterback, you might have something
1: to build around for years to come. Uh, one of the few teams actually running the pistol offense, that's uh, going to be really interesting uh, to see how that uh, affects defenses in that region. Uh, also running a five three, so they're going to be front heavy, so they they're, they're gonna, their big focus is gonna be on stopping the run. I think that's where their strength's gonna
0: be at. Yeah, you just don't see a lot of teams running the pistol in high school. I mean, you, you
1: really like... don't. And as I say. It, if nothing else, it, it'd be interesting to see how that plays. I mean, truthfully, you really don't see that. It's
0: yeah, a, a lot of teams that actually still run, you know, eye heavy formations. Still have that fullback in there. You take him out when you run the pistol. So okay. you now the Indians are going to be a. Uh, in a position to try to break back through and make the playoffs for the first time in three years we go to 5a next Uh, this is the 615 preps podcast guys nothing beats experience
2: for a football team success unless it's experience and skill
0: yeah fellas if it's a home you're looking for stacy Bronner with ben bray real estate and auction company has all the tools he has listings all over middle tennessee
1: yeah as an agent stacy can list that property for sale or he can help you find a property that's the right fit for you and your family
2: so if you're thinking about selling your property, Stacy can help with a free analysis of your home's value.
1: Give Stacey Broner a call today at 615-388-5595. That's 615-388-5595. Welcome back to the 615 Preps Plus Podcast. Hey, if you have a question for us, uh, you can email us at MidStatePrepsPlus at gmail.com, on Instagram at 615preps, uh, Facebook, MidStatePrepsPlus, on Twitter at 615preps, and our website, MidStatePrepsPlus.com. Uh, if you want to reach me or shout out to me, Scott Burton, you can reach me at MPPScott.
0: Uh, if you want to reach me, Chris, at CBrooksTN.
2: And reach me at cp. Kaposi K-A-P-O-S-Y 18. That's a
0: 1 and an 8. Y'all don't realize how many takes it took to get that right, but we got it right about the 17th time. Moving on to the rest of 6A, we have some more teams to go to starting in Region 5 with the defending champion, Cambridge Ravens. Eddie Woods' bunch has been pretty, pretty strong the last few years since he's been there 44 and 7 in four years.
2: He has turned that place around, that is for sure uh, Cane Ridge is very interesting this year. They don't lose much when it comes to players, but what they do lose, it's pretty significant. Uh, you lose a Mr. Football and Devon Starling. Uh, amazing stats last year, 2,159 yards, 25 touchdowns. You're losing your quarterback, Corey Andrews, and also a guy, uh, Jaquez Norman. He was a wide receiver and also a, a, a DB. Um, they've got significant losses, but you're building around a lot of talent that's returning. So it's very interesting uh, what's going on at Cane Ridge this season.
0: And they're going to be tested right off the bat. They're at, they play Pearl Cone at TSU and the uh, Coaches Against Violence doubleheader on that first Saturday in August on the 24th. Uh, they're at home against Brentwood the next week before they kind of dive into the meat of their schedule. And the Ravens are going to be really tested right off the bat.
2: Oh, and yeah, and, and they've got the guys to really go up against it. Uh, a Junior QB, Xavion uh, Clemens. it's going to be a first year starting. He threw for over 300 yards and five scores in backup duty last year. They've got a wide receiver, Quentin Barnes, 800 yards, nine TD grabs last year. Right now he's got offers from Mississippi State, Florida, Arkansas, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they've got the guys doing it, and they've got a couple transfers in as well. Uh, a guy from Overton, Detoy Adewale. Uh, he'll play uh, up front and also on uh, offense. He'll play some tight end. T- and then also, Taekwondo Legs. Hope I got his name right. Uh, Maplewood transfer. So they got two guys up front that are going to transfer in uh, to go along with a, uh, a guy that uh, is a Duke commit, Michael Reese. Uh, they're going to be pretty stout up front.
0: Yeah, the Ravens looking to repeat those region champions. Uh, Smyrna's going to chase them. Uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, come back after a 7-4 and record last year. Lost to Independence in the first round. Matt Williams in his 12th season with the Bulldogs, 74-53 and record. Uh, they like to go fast. They like to go a uh, spread no huddle offense. They like to go up with some tempo.
2: Yeah, Smyrna is a team I, I saw last year doing Overton games. They beat John Overton within the last 20 seconds, scored in a uh, push in a touchdown from a couple yards out. Uh, Smyrna is going to be right up there with Cane Ridge. That's a big game when it comes to whenever they match up with the Ravens this year. They're big up front on both sides of the ball. They've got a guy, Dallas Walker. He is a big, big man. He's going to play linebacker. He's going to play tight end. Uh, Texas A&M commit right now. He is. You can't miss him when he's on the field. Uh, they've, gone to, uh, they've been eliminated now three consecutive times in the first round. They've made the playoffs the last six years, but – uh, three first round exits the last three years and I know that's something Matt Williams uh, really wants to get his team over the hump and uh, they got a chance to win a couple playoff games The problem is they got to go up against these Williamson County schools anytime you get in and uh, I think that's a region we're getting to next but uh, yeah Smyrna opportunity, especially with some of the unknowns at Cane Ridge, to really push for that one
1: spot this season. Yeah, size, size, and more size. This team has a running game most uh, D2 teams would dream of. they got a great offensive line, uh, sizable running backs, I think 162, the other one's six foot. Uh, they're going to they're gonna power with speed, but they're going to do it quickly because they run that spread no huddle.
2: And a guy I want to bring up, and this might be the first time through the previews we've done this. Let's talk a little special teams. They're losing a guy, Jose Beza. He's a kicker for Smyrna the last couple of years. And he was a very reliable resource for him when it comes to special teams. Uh, that's a big loss for them. they got to fill that uh, some way this year. And that's a, a part of the game we don't talk much about. Uh, that's huge, though, for a, a a team, a high school team especially, to have a guy that reliable, that's big.
0: Yeah, I think some folks don't really realize how much of a weapon special teams can be because there's such a disparity disparity in skill level when you get to kickers and punters. But when you've got a good one, he can really help change a game around.
2: Right, and I went to school with a guy at Wilson Central, Adam Williams. Uh, he's punting right now for the Memphis Tigers. And a uh, guy they went to the soccer field, picked him up one day, just try to get him to do something, I mean – guy was kicking 50 yard field goals at one point. That's such a huge thing where if you're inside your own if you're inside the opponent's 40 yard line, you have got a chance to score where some teams they got to go for it on fourth down or punt. Right.
0: I'm going to mention one real quick that I went to school with uh, his name was Kittrell Smith. He went to Memphis and he never got to kick because the guy in front of him is now kicking for the New England Patriots, Stephen Guskowski. So, and it's <laughs> such
2: a weapon. I don't I don't think many people really understand how big that thing is for for teams cuz Sometimes you just trot some guy out say, hey, just kick it off and we'll see what happens. But if you can pin a guy, especially on kickoffs, if you can boot it through the end zone every time and make him take it at the
1: 20, 25, whatever, that's huge. Oh, no doubt. I mean, punters as well. I mean, if, if you can start your opponent inside the 10, you know, you're, you're, you know, it's difficult to go 90 yards.
0: Yeah, when you have the automatic touchback rule like they do in high school, it, it makes a difference if you can just get it to the goal line and, and force them to not even bother returning it yeah
1: well usually the guy that's returning is the guy who's going to be playing on saturday and you know how how mommy used to say you know you know when he was quarterback uh when he was coach at kentucky he said the guy back there fielding those kicks he's going to be playing in the nfl the guys i got chasing him are going to be accountants <laughs> so <laughs> so being able to you know take that player out of the game is is a
0: big thing well we we got to keep going uh let's go to overton next um I can almost just hand this one off to you and let, Christian, you can let just run with it because uh, it's in your wheelhouse being there most Friday nights, uh, the Bobcats. You know, I'm going to sit baby. back
1: with you folks and listen here.
2: Yeah, yeah Overton. it's very interesting this year. Uh, they had the entire the last game of the season, uh, the, the, the scrum with, uh, with Antioch, and, and they were in the playoffs and they get booted out. Uh, Cole Peoples, it's a guy that many people don't know. I've gotten a chance to know him being with the sports network there. Very nice guy. He's going to do a good job. He's very young, 26 years old. Uh, first head coaching opportunity. He's been on the staff there for two years. He was GA at Cumberland. Um, and, look, the Bobcats are losing a lot of talent, losing David Jefferson, who really got close to that 1,000-yard mark last year. Uh, Sam Mass, a quarterback that started for them for three years, very reliable there in the uh, in the shotgun that they run out of most of the time. Um, but, but, look, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to challenge Kane Ridge or Smyrna. I think they've got an opportunity to really be one of these uh, three teams that push for that final playoff spot like they did a year ago. Uh, they've got a guy up front, Chris Washington. He's committed to Miami. Big guy. Uh, he's going to be a leader on this team. And uh, they've found their quarterback. Dwayne Jackson is going to be their quarterback. Uh, some people might know that name. Theo Jackson, Overton Bobcat, playing at UT. That's his brother. Um I'm not going to call for them to make any big moves this year, but I think they're going to compete with some teams, and I think they're going to play pretty hard this year.
0: Let's let's get to another metro school that might be able to do that too. McGavick, uh they were three and eight last year, lost to Brentwood in the first round, but uh, that might not necessarily tell the story of the Raiders. They're kind of they're kind of getting back to to some positive momentum.
2: Yeah, and, and three and eight last year, but they won the right three games. As long as you win, especially in this region, you win those three region games, you're in there. Uh, McGavick, they've had three losing seasons uh, back to back to back now. Uh, defensive wise, they're not returning too many guys. <laughs> and they're losing some playmakers. They're losing their quarterback, Harley Tyler Neal. They had a wide receiver, uh, Shamar Kirk. And we talked about returning punts and guys yeah. that play on Saturday. I don't know if he's playing on Saturdays. Dude could return some kickoffs some punts, made some plays with the ball in his hand. McGavick's a very interesting team in this region.
1: Yeah, they're returning eight starters, uh, but five are on offense, and as you said, they are only three on defense. Uh, quarterback uh, Marcus Johnson, he's converting from running back. So, uh, you know, how how's the passing game going to fare? Uh, are they going to likely be trying to control him, make him beat them with the pass? Uh, sometimes that uh, – you know, it takes some time to develop that. I don't know if he's been a backup before or not, but um, – but, you know, how quickly will the passing game develop is, uh, is vital. But, uh, Chris, I know you got something on the schedule there because I was looking at games one through three.
0: Yeah, we uh, look at McGavick right there. Uh, that that schedule, you know, they've got BGA to open up, and they're at Lebanon. and they or at home against Cain Ridge. And they, they don't get a lot of breaks coming out of the gate.
2: Yeah, yeah, the gate is tough for McGavick, but those that last month of the season – Home for Stewart's Creek, and we'll get to them in a second. A lot unknown about Stewart's Creek right now. At Laverne, at Antioch, and I think this is a huge game when it comes to this region. Uh, they host John Overton November 1st, the final regular season game. That could be for the fourth spot. Uh, there's a good chance it could be.
0: And you mentioned Stewart's Creek. We'll take care of the Red Hawks now. First-year head coach Burt Brown takes over at Stewart's Creek. Uh, Red Hawks went 3-7 last year, didn't make the playoffs haven't made the playoffs since 2016. So, yeah, there, there's some unknown there. But it, there's, there's guys there that can make a difference.
2: Very weird with Stewart's Creek. They won their first two games of the year, uh, played Overton week three, lost that game, and then they went on to lose six more games. They lost seven games in the middle of their season. Uh, and it's a team that's early in their school history. Uh, they've been competitive. They were scoring 26 points a game. problem was they were giving up right around 24 points a game last year. Uh, and, yeah, Burt Brown comes in to replace David Martin, which Martin in this area, he's coached all kind of ball, 234 and 135 all time. Uh, he'd started that Stewart's Creek program. So, a uh, lot, to, lot to be known about the Stewart's Creek team. And a couple weeks early on, that's when we're have to find out what this team is made of.
0: Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't start easy for them with Mount Juliet coming in home. They, they get Antioch at home. They're at Clarksville. Home against Cain Ridge, Laverne, then three on the road at Station Camp, McGavick, and Lebanon before having Overton at home and Smyrna on the road to close the year. And they're looking for their first ever playoff victory. They got to get back there. That's the challenge for them this year. Uh, next up is Laverne and the Wolverines, two and eight last season. Stanton Stevens entering his tenth season at Laverne. They they haven't they didn't make it last year. Twenty seventeen was their last appearance.
2: Laverne's very interesting as well. It's not very far.
0: You have to look back, and they were a
2: really good team a couple years ago. Um, uh, problem last year was their defense uh, giving up about 34 points a game, and they just really couldn't keep up with it offensive-wise with 19 a game. Um, third consecutive losing season for the Wolverines, but uh, they've got some guys coming back. Wide receiver Christian Linez, uh, he can be a playmaker if they get the ball in his hands. And uh, I think really it's, it's one of those other things too of uh, Laverne's just we're going to have to wait and see with these guys. I, I know Stan Stevens has been there for a little while. It's just these last couple of years just haven't seen like the, the regular
1: Wolverines we've been used to seeing. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it, they're, kind of a, they're kind of a puzzle. I mean, it's, it's really uh, – yeah, I mean, there's some talent on there. Uh, there's some returning starters. Um, it's just kind of a puzzle that they haven't been able to put it together. Uh, and really string uh, string some wins together.
0: We wrap up the region with Antioch. Um, 0-10 last season. They've lost their last 19 games. Just a lot to replace. Ian Marshall takes over the program this year. They don't have a lot coming back, just even two returning starters total. The Bears have an uphill climb ahead of them.
1: Yeah, they only averaged uh, 8.6 points per game last season last year they 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 struggled on offense i think that uh it's good like you said it's an uphill battle for them especially in this region
2: and yeah i think the guy they brought in there uh, ian marshall he's, he's probably the right guy to turn this thing around He replaces mike head um uh, antioch's lost 19 their last 19 games uh, marshall running backs coach at ridgeway last three seasons he's been a decade in the memphis area so I think he's got a good idea of what kind of ball he wants to play. Uh, like like we said, though, it's just very tough with – he didn't have the numbers right now. Um, right. Uh, that that roster is not very full. The returners depth-wise, uh, it says here, they, they don't have a guy coming back that played defense, started for the defense last year. So um, – yeah, they haven't made the playoffs since 2016. It's going to be a tough road, uh, but I think Ian Marshall's the right guy there for the Bears.
0: In addition yeah. to that 19-game losing streak, they also were shut out in the final three games last year, mm. so that they've got to put points on the board quick. I mean, it's going to be a long season, I would think, for Antioch, but uh, they'll try to turn that thing around. Oh, well, I think
1: they got the right guy. I think it's just a, it's it's going to be a rebuild I, from the ground up. From the attitude up,
2: yeah, just going into the that Memphis area and a guy that spent so such a long time there, I, I think he's the right guy. But as you said, when you've got this few of numbers on a Friday night, oh, yeah. uh, and it's it's very weird because maybe in some of these lower classifications you've got a problem with roster depth. But I mean, Antioch's got nineteen hundred students, and they just they don't have the numbers right now. So uh, Ian Marshall might be make a comparison. It might have to be something like. Uh, coach gentry did at lebanon you got to go in there you got to really sell this program yep. you got to let these guys know and say hey i know what's been in the past it's not going to be like that anymore and uh, i i think if somebody can do it it's probably coach marshall
0: well let's uh let's switch gears region six uh th- this region is it's not very easy to predict at all but any discussion starts with ravenwood
2: <sighs> yeah and a lot of news around ravenwood lately uh some of it's not been too good, and some of it apparently wasn't true at all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 10-3 and 3 a year ago, uh, lost to Whitehaven in the, the semifinals. Uh, so much talent on this team. Oh I gosh. mean, from from one to the end, I mean, you look at their kicker and everybody they've got on this team. Uh, you commit after commit. A lot of guys that make plays on this team.
1: Yeah, it's loaded. All positions. They had 17 starters back, eight on offense, nine on defense. That's that's incredible for a team that is this talented. Uh, there are no doubt they're going to have their eyes on the state championship, and they just might get it this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a very good chance. Quarterback Brian Garcia, 4,700 yards in his career, 49 touchdowns. He's got a target in Tony, uh, Tony Rice in the backfield. He rushed for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns last year. You can just rattle off all these stats. Uh, the one question going into this season right now, and I don't think we've gotten an answer yet, is about uh, Reggie Grimes, uh, transfer from Mountain Juliet. His father is now the defensive coordinator there. Hmm. Uh, that's the one question is,
1: will he be ready to go uh, week one uh, for the Raptors? And, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier about weapons, check out the weapon at kicker, Luke Akers. Hmm. He's a uh, commitment to UCLA. Um, he was, like, number 82 overall uh, 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 rated uh, prospect uh son of david acres a longtime uh, philadelphia eagles kicker and uh he's got a leg and you talk about a game changer
2: and he hadn't done it very, he hadn't done it for a very long time oh. it's he's been just about a year since he's been field goal kicking yeah that like we said the weapon they've got there on special teams that's big one one more point for ravenwood their schedule, another one of those teams that's going out of out of their region to find these teams: Cane Ridge, CPA, Smyrna, Blackman, all on the Raptor
0: schedule. And another one that I'm going to note: Pulaski Academy, Arkansas comes in for a TV game. Very interesting because that's Kevin Kelly with the the, the different approach to to football. He doesn't punt. He goes for a fourth down. and onside kicks it a lot. That's going to be a really really fun game to watch, just to see how Ravenwood handles that type of strategy.
1: How Mummy Part Two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it might it might be it might be magnified just the way that, that they, well, they go over.
1: I was gonna say that's a must see uh, a must see game, but you'd have to drive to Pulaski to see it. No, it's actually it's Is here. Is it actually home? It's here. The, okay. It's here,
0: so no. A lot of how mummy good. references today. Yeah yeah, yeah, you've got to wonder what, what about that? I mean <laughs> it's like we have a Kentucky fan in here or something.
1: Who what, where?
0: Yes. Uh, um Okay, Ravenwood's off the off the list. Now we switch gears to Brentwood. Uh, Another team that could be considered a contender in 6A, and Ron Crawford's bunch, 10-3 last year, lost to Ravenwood in the quarterfinals. They're going to be out for revenge.
2: Yeah, I was at Brentwood um, for their second-round game against Independence, which got them to that quarterfinals. Uh, Brentwood's so solid with Coach Crawford, 35-16 and 16 in his uh, four years of Brentwood to this point. Uh, not too many starters come back on offense. They've got a really nice number on defense returning. And they got a quarterback. He can just sling it. I mean, there's not many guys in this area uh, that you'd really trust as much as uh, junior Cade Granzow. 61% of his passes uh, completed last year, 2,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, also rushed for 500 yards and 12 more scores. Uh, I know teams around here like to throw it uh, a lot like, uh, like they want to, but I'm not yeah. sure there's a guy that you could trust more than the one they've got at Brentwood right now.
1: Yeah, protection is going to be the biggest issue with them. I think their offensive line uh, is in a rebuild. Um, but, you know, the Brentwood does that, and they do it well. Um, I think uh, that's the biggest part is uh, you look at the schedule. Yep. You look at that front end of that schedule. Chris, what do you think of it?
0: Yep, NBA, Cambridge, Henry County, Ravenwood, CPA, among the first six games, Now. Um, those are, those are going to be some exciting football games that get some very good teams.
2: And something Brentwood's going to have to do, we talked about how much they want to throw it, they're going to have to find somebody who can tote the rock because they're losing two running backs, Carter McKenzie, also Jordan Nicholas. Two running backs that have graduated. The only guy I saw that had any carries from last year, Luke Walters, 13 carries, 26 yards. He'll be a junior this year. They've got to find somebody in that backfield where – if is not having a day that he's accustomed to, somebody's got to be able to tote the rock.
0: Yep. Yep. On to Independence. They were third in the region last year, and it wasn't long, long ago that we were talking about Independence just producing D1 talent for D1 talent. They they still can do that. But uh, Scott Blade's bunch third and by a little bit.
2: Uh, D1 talent. They're losing a guy, T.J. Sheffield, going up to uh, Purdue to play uh, football. Great wide receiver. As I was saying, I got an opportunity to watch their – Uh, Their playoff game at Brentwood, they lost a heartache, a a double overtime fumble, and uh, Brentwood recovers. uh, Scott Blade, 56-22 in his six years at Independence, uh, 6-6 and last year. But when you play uh, the teams that they're playing, especially in your region, like sooner or later, you're going to beat up on each other. Uh, Independence returning their quarterback, Ethan Cash, very solid as well, as we were talking about, uh, Granzow. Also, he's going to have a target, uh, Chase Bishop, uh, Blaine Bishop's son, who transferred. Midseason last year, uh, he only played four games, 175 yards, a touchdown catch, an entire off season with independence. I think that connection from Cash to Bishop it'll be uh, it'll be a pretty good one this season. Oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they're returning uh, uh, four on offense, uh, six on defense. I think their defense is going to be the key because uh, they definitely are going to be able to put up points. I believe this year.
2: Oh yeah, and I think the defense, one area they probably got to improve a little bit. 31 points uh, a game average last year. Giving up 27 for a team their caliber, I think the defense got to take a step and
1: improve this season. Well, they they do have Chase Robertson, who's a, a senior linebacker. He's a Princeton commit, uh, so he's going to anchor that defense. But uh, how how well they'll be able to protect uh, quarterback and uh, and get after it.
2: And that's by saying about the defense scoring points or giving up so many points. I mean, this region's almost kind of the Big 12 of Middle Tennessee of where. You just want to try to score as many points you can. 40-50, first one there wins.
0: One exception to that rule probably was Franklin last year defensively, and the Rebels they they finished six and five, but they only gave up you know, twenty or more points four times. You know, they were under twenty; they held opponents under twenty points seven times last year. You don't you don't do that a lot and and not have a decent season. But uh, they ran into Kane Ridge in the first round. You know, the Rebels, Donnie Webb. Entering his eighth season, but they've got to replace some guys,
2: and that's what you got to do in that region. If if you don't have the guys to combat uh, the points that the other teams are putting up, you just got to play some solid defense, and that's what Donnie Webb's done there since he's been there. Forty-seven, um, thirty-one, his years at Franklin, uh, guys returning. It's not a great stellar number. I, th- I think the thing for Franklin is that we know their defense is going to be solid, but I think their offense—they got a quarterback that's returning. And Josh Nichols, uh, 14, 48 yards, 13 touchdowns. Problem is, had 14 INTs last year. If he can cut that number maybe in half, right. uh, the defense is going to take care of the job there. They just got to take care of the ball, put some points on the board, and uh, let that Rebels defense go to work.
1: I think the running game is going to be a key. I mean, they have big linemen. Uh, you got three up front that are uh, over 250. Two of them are... One of them six five, the other six six. Jason 65 six five two ninety five. Sophomore Fisher Anderson six six two sixty. So they have some road graders up front. You know, can you establish a running game? That's going to be that's going to be big because if you're if you can establish a running game and have that kind of defense, you're going to win some games.
0: So we do have a theme of scoring a lot of points in this region. Centennial certainly falls under that. Now, this is a club finished three and seven last year. Um, defensively. They have to get better because they gave up more than 17 points in nine of ten games last year, and you know, they gave up a lot of numbers.
1: Yeah, only one game that was uh, under 20 points that they gave up, and that was their win at Dixon uh, against Dixon County. Uh, everything else was in the uh, 20s and 30s.
2: Yeah, I mean, 35 points a game, uh, your opponents are scoring on you. That's just – it's frankly not going to get the job done. You're going to put up a lot of points if – if that's what you're going to do, which they did last year, scored 27 points a game. But, uh, I mean, they, you show it in a game against Independence. They scored 62 points versus Independence last year. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, eye-opening numbers. Uh, problem was last year, 3-3 uh, three and three, uh, through six games, and they lost their last four games of the season. They just uh, kind of bottomed out that last uh, month of the season, which when you're playing some of these teams, that's – you can expect that.
0: Probably a good thing for Centennial that they've got quite a bit coming back. They have eight starters on each side of the ball back this year. Mm-hmm. So, that should definitely help in the experience department, especially defensively.
2: And some coaches might like, not like the way that this is lined up. for their first five games are on the road. But if that's the case, then that's the opposite coming back. Uh, four of your final five are going to be at home, and, and that's especially important in this in this region. you got to have when you play the independences and – uh, these other teams you got to have as many of those games at home at the end of the year when you can
0: yeah uh, the same really isn't true for Dixon County they they finished with two games on the road but the uh, the Cougars coming off a 3 and 7 campaign for for Randy Murphy and they've got to try to to climb the hill in this region too and and see if they can get out of the basement
1: yeah uh 10 uh 10 starters returning four only on offense six on defense um, this team uh, it's going to take a lot to get them to move up the, up the road, up the ladder a little bit.
2: As it is a common theme in this this region, they just they don't have a lot of depth up front on both sides. They're uh, they've got enough to start there, but you lose a guy or two, then you might be in trouble. Uh, six game losing streak to conclude the season. Uh, they give up forty one points a game in region play. Uh, that's just that's going to be tough to tough to do. Uh, and when you score only 12 points a game it's it's very tough so Dixie County it, it's a tough draw especially with all these Williamson County schools uh, but it's it's something that they're in and they just got to play with it yeah
0: yeah well we are up against a break we'll take one now it's a 6.5 preps podcast we're back with a division 2 double-A teams right for this So I went to the theater the other day and saw yet another remake. Eh, It was okay, but in these days of remakes, reboots, and reruns, sometimes you just want the original. I know a place where you can find the originals in new and used music, stereos, and speakers. It's called On the Record in Lafayette. They have the best in vintage albums and CDs. Now, maybe you don't get to Lafayette that often, so how can you reach them? Well, they have Facebook Live auctions from time to time, so you can check them out on Facebook at On the Record Vinyl or call 615-888-6964.
2: Welcome back here to the 615 Preps Podcast as we get set and ready to roll for Division Two Class AAA, and you can't help but start with the state champion in D2 Class 3A, the Brentwood Academy Eagles.
0: Any discussion starts with Brentwood Academy, especially with their dominance of the past four years. Four-time defending state champions, and since the AAA class was added three years ago, they've been the only one to win it
2: and you looked at last year, it was just complete domination from start. And I was going to say to finish. There was a little hiccup in the middle of the year right when they rolled into October. Macaulay and NBA, the only two losses, and, uh, I mean, just complete domination. They didn't score any less uh, than 30 points until October, and, uh, and these teams, the most points they gave up last year was 31 to Macaulay. Other than that, they had so many shutouts and single-score
1: games.
0: Yeah, and those two losses cost them the region title, but when the playoffs hit, it didn't matter.
1: Yeah, somebody's going to have to knock them off this hill. <laughs> They're just going to have to. It's, it, it's, theirs to it, it's theirs to win. They've done nothing but.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at the playoff run. They didn't actually pile on the points. The playoffs, 21-14 over Christian Brothers, 28-6 over NBA and MUS. Same score mm-hmm. in the semis in the championship game. They only failed to reach 20 points once last season, though. It's Just a mark of consistency with that program.
2: And that was a win. That was a uh uh, Innsworth win the last regular season game of the year and, and you know what I, I think the whole not scoring as many points into the, the year that's just kind of how the whole the season goes it gets colder in November uh, if, if you're throwing the ball as much you're not going to to, to be as crisp uh, with the air being more crisp in the area especially middle yeah. Tennessee and in that November time and, and this is a, a Brentwood Academy team that can air the ball out and they uh, they've done it in the past and no
0: shocker here. They're going to do it again this year. Especially with someone like Devin Curtis that's going to be a, a threat on both sides of the ball too. Already has plenty of SEC offers. He's probably going to get more power five interest at some point this year. Um, really just an all-around excellent player for Brentwood Academy. Cody White's bunch, you know, they're looking to make it five in a row.
2: And what about them opening up at Florence, Alabama and taking on a uh, – An old Tennessee head coach Will Will Hester there at Florence.
0: Yeah, definitely an interesting opener for those guys. Now They have two out-of-state games before they come back home. Uh, Their schedule uh, is going to be rough no matter what because just of the region that they're in. Now, the difference this year is Division II now has 12 teams instead of 11 with Knoxville Catholic coming in and splitting them up into a true east-west setup. Bretwood Academy is in the east region with – Answorth, Father Ryan, and Knoxville Catholic, like I mm-hmm. said, making their debut in that region as they go into Division Two for the first time.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, looking at that schedule, yeah, Florence, Alabama, and Milton, Georgia, uh, they're starting the, uh, the season off with before they run into Macaulay week three. Not knowing a whole lot about those uh, two out-of-state programs, um, it be interesting to see what kind of record <laughs> they can come back with uh, going into that third game.
0: Yeah, they do have a lot of home games though. Four in a row after those first two road trips. And in fact, they play six out of the last eight at home, including one against West Toronto Prep from Canada. They're going to get the team from north of the border.
2: I've, I've got a good scouting report on them. Just wait till we get to that week.
0: Oh, doesn't it involve just maple? joking? Does, does, does it? <laughs> hey, does it involve maple syrup? No, um, darn.
2: More like Canadian bacon. Oh, hey, wait go. a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> he said bacon.
0: He did say bacon. I don't care if it's Canadian kind or what. That's right. Uh, BA is the team to beat. Again, they've got the rings to prove it. Uh, but Knoxville Catholic is going to be the one to possibly challenge them to do that. Uh, although Endsworth was actually second in the region. Now, BA finished third because of the tiebreakers. Endsworth was second. And you know, the Tigers now have Rock Baden at the helm coming over from, from BGA.
1: Yeah, they were uh, 6 and 4 in the regular season, 7 and 5. They lost to Macaulay in the second round. Uh, in the quarter 27 to 14. Uh, they got 15 members in the senior class, and they're very talented across the board. Um, <laughs> they're explosive. They got playmakers, uh, including a 6'3, 195 wide receiver, Keyshawn Lawrence. Um, he's going to be something special. He'll be playing on Saturdays for certain. And last
2: year, they were they, kind of simple when you were talking about what they did for Endsworth. They beat the teams they were supposed to beat last year, and they lost the games they were supposed to lose. Uh, and if you're going to play around in this this region and this uh, division two AAA, especially with teams like Macaulay and uh, NBA, Brentwood Academy, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to win some of those games. So they they lost last year CPA Macaulay NBA, Brentwood Academy Macaulay. Yeah.
1: And they, they've got another thing that you like they uh, they've got a senior quarterback. Uh, Gerard Bullock, he's a senior. He's got four previous starts. Uh, they also have a tight end that, according to 24-7, is uh, ranked in the top 50, uh, Austin Henderson. I think he's committed to Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, there's there, there's talent on offense. They're going to be able to put up points.
0: And they're going to be able to do it at home for the first half of the season because their first five games are at home. Yeah, you heard me right, five in a row at five home to start the year. Five in row at home. Yeah, three, three road games and only once do they have to step outside Davidson County.
2: But I tell you, the three road games they're playing, tough. At NBA, at Brentwood Academy, at Macaulay.
0: Yep, the three toughest premier on their schedule are the ones that they're going to have to go out a, away from home to do. But again, they don't step out Davidson County except for one time. So, a favorable schedule for the Tigers in that regard. And that brings us to the team that they beat in the first round last year, Father Ryan. They finished last in that old East Middle region last Last year two and went well, up finishing 2-9, and nine, but only a one-point loss to Ensworth. You know, Brian Recker's bunch nearly pulled off a big upset.
2: Yeah, and Father Ryan's a team I saw last year. They opened up with Overton. They won that game. Uh, and Antonio Wright, one of their returning uh, seniors, running back, he's going to be a, a really good uh, product for him this year. Uh, I, I wouldn't imagine, or I wouldn't be surprised when you see uh, Friday night recaps of Antonio Wright with a bunch of carries and a bunch of yards because he's a very solid running back. Uh, for the Fighting Irish, yeah, but they're going
1: to have to overcome some inexperience there because they have only ten seniors on the team. Uh, so uh, that that's going to be something they have to. Their younger players going to have to come up uh, uh, quick, going to grow up quick uh, if they're going to make any noise in that.
0: Yeah, their schedule. They open up at Western Kentucky with uh, Bowling Green to open the year. And Then they got three at home: BGA Baylor, JB2, and the annual uh, Bishop's Cup. Oh, the purples. Contest, yes. Uh, Brentwood Academy on September 20th is their first true – road actually, their second road game. Um, then they've got Germantown at Answorth at Macaulay at home against Lipscomb Academy, and then they close at Knoxville Catholic to begin to end the year. So you know, Father Ryan – Brian Rector in his fourth season, they're going to have a little bit of a challenge, but uh, you know, we'll see what the fighting Irish can put up. Uh, we move over to the west region now with MBA, uh, kind of on the on the west side of that split in, in Nashville. Big Red were the East Middle Region champion last year. They beat Brentwood Academy out for that. Marty Uverard's bunch, he's in his ninth season. Uh, it's a difficult schedule, as obvious. But uh, the Big Red looking to hopefully get back to Cookville.
2: Yeah, and I think they were the odd man out when it comes to the, the whole realignment stuff because um, – I don't know. It's tough once again. Uh, your Brentwood Academy, you keep them in that region, which the last couple of years has come down to, you know, NBA and Brentwood Academy. Um, so, to me, I don't want to say, like, you just got to get to November and see what happens, but it's between those two. If Brentwood Academy, Montgomery, Bell Academy, get together the playoffs. You just really don't know what happens at that point. So it's a toss-up.
0: Yeah, with those teams getting thrown into the Memphis region, it, it, it's going to make for some travel a lot of travel this year uh, gonna have to up the budget for the buses because this schedule you know, just take a gander at this they're at Brentwood to open they have Pearl at home, St. Benedict at home at BriarQuest at MUS on back to back weeks so they gotta travel to Memphis twice in 8 days
1: yeah, and they have an inexperience I think is the biggest uh, challenge with this team as well as the schedule and you put those two things together they can cause you problems
0: they are going to get Patrick Wilk back, a junior running back, returning from an ACL tear. He hopes to carry that offense to some new heights. NBA, or NBA is uh, looking to try to win that West region for the first time. Another team that's looking to keep moving up, JP2. The, the Knights finally broke through last year and got their first ever playoff win after 13 losses to, to start that program. Justin Geisinger had a, had a very good year last year. They finished 6-6. Six and six.
2: And JP two is the team that's caught my eye because that's Overton's uh, opener for the season. Uh, they will host Overton to begin the regular season, and, and when they won their first playoff game, it's not like they just kind of squeaked past Baylor. Uh, they went in there and got the job done, forty nine to twenty eight, um, go on the road there at Baylor to win their first ever playoff game. That's that's really huge, and it, it, they got a running back of juniors Antoine Roberts. This is a guy you got to watch out for. Uh, 1,476 yards last year, 18 rushing touchdowns. In that playoff game, uh, he was four yards short of 300 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, it's a guy that they're going to really carry on and rely on uh, this year. Uh, Antoine Roberts.
0: Now, with those two teams having to go to Memphis as much as they are, it's going to create a different dynamic for their for their region. But we'll see how that shakes out.
1: Yeah. The, the the experience they have at running back it's offset uh they don't have as, as much at quarterback. I think defense is gonna be the key to them. Um of course that movement to the western division is definitely gonna stunt their could stunt their growth uh over there. But they've got a talented cornerback, Devon Darden, uh highly touted corner, uh, that leads their defense. So um it'll be uh really interesting to see how uh, how Pope John Paul actually fares this year.
0: it'll be Curious to see how that entire region fares in that dynamic with uh, four national or two Nashville area schools and four in Memphis. But uh, that's going to do it for the previews for Division two AAA. Uh, we mentioned MBA and Brentwood Academy, and it kind of brings me back to our poll question that we posted on Twitter at Midstate Preps Plus or Midstate Preps Plus at six one five Preps for our poll question. Of the four non region games, which one are you most interested to see this year? Alcoa at Blackman, Henry County at Beach, Brentwood Academy at NBA, Hillsbrook, Cambridge, forty eight percent went Alcoa at Blackman. Not surprising considering it's week one on a Saturday and, and Alcoa to me is a three eight team and there's a six eight team in three a clothing.
1: It's it's a it's a first game of the year. Everybody's ready for that. And that's <laughs> I th- I think that I think that pushed it too. I mean, we we're all itching for High school football start, and that's where it starts.
0: And Brentwood Academy, the NBA, got twenty five percent of the vote. Hillsborough, at Cane Ridge, fourteen percent. Henry County Beach, thirteen percent. That kind of went how I thought it would. Yeah, I was.
1: It, I was surprised that, uh, the Henry County Beach uh, did not fare as well, but uh, the other games are are solid. I mean, they're definitely solid.
0: Well, something else that we uh, kind of caught our eye on uh, last week. Um, There have been some other media outlets that have been discussing this. Williamson County has this rule in place of no live streaming unless it's from the student organizations there. and This was the first that I had learned of it last week, and and unfortunately it's caused some people to consider maybe not covering their games because of that. What are your guys' thoughts on it?
2: Well, first off, I knew plenty about this because in high school uh, we used a video broadcast. And any time, that was a time where Wilson Central was in the same region as Franklin, and that was a really good battle for a couple years. Uh, But any time we went there, we had to tape delay it. We would live stream our audio and then go and put the video on afterwards. It's tough because they really want to promote their own broadcast, but they don't publicize it to, to aunts and uncles and whoever around on the Internet. It's a local thing, uh, and so being a guy that started out with the whole student-run broadcast, I think it's really good that they want to to put their emphasis on their own content, uh, but for me, like when we run our John Overton stuff, it's an audio-only, so anytime we do games there, that's fine. The, the problem with them is that they want it to be audio-only. If it's video, it's no-go. Uh, right. Anytime we do audio there, it's fine. Um, but that's the thing for us is that we make it, available on the internet to everybody so any uh, any people out of town they can listen well,
1: that, and, that, and that's a good point because uh when i was broadcasting uh we had uh several family members that were actually serving overseas uh that were streaming the games live uh you know depending on where they were of course um and you know those are people who aren't going to be able to see these games live now they you know, they might be able to get them tape delayed things like that but the you know the other thing is is that it kind of limits exposure for these for these players
2: and and i'm just gonna say and some of their idea might be that well if you offer it people aren't gonna go because they can sit at home that's not the same with high school sports it might work for college and for pro uh sporting events if you're a mother and a father you're not going to be like oh i'm gonna watch it on my tablet instead of going to the game you're gonna go to the game if you're available
1: high school football is such a social event I mean, you, you. The game is the game is the focus, but there are so many other things that go on. You're right. It's not going to keep people out of the seats. That is a lame excuse.
2: It, I think yeah. The, your your demographic, especially when we're doing stuff at at Overton, is is people that are not in town. I mean, we'll say stuff. We have sponsors for businesses that are in town. Um, but you're not just, hey, I know you're five minutes down the road, we're broadcasting this for you. No, it's for the people that are in Iowa and Oklahoma or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's my whole thing. If, they, if that student-run broadcast was available to everybody, then I would be all right with them keeping it just that way.
0: You make an excellent point right there, and that's the biggest thing that I have a concern with is that if they're going to stream these live, great. That's great for them. It's great for the exposure, not just for the program, the athletes, but for the kids running those broadcasts too because, you know, you've been through the program. You're you're an intern Titans Radio. Uh, That kind of thing is great for a resume if you can do it live, isn't it?
2: Oh, yes. No, I got all kind of publicity just for this high school. I was running a camera as a freshman and 15 years old on Friday nights and uh, opportunity then to do play-by-play and color. And, yeah, just the opportunity that these schools provide is great. But you're limiting access to, like we said over and over, the the parents that travel especially and then people that are out of town that just never get to watch them.
0: It strictly is an eyeball thing. The more eyeballs you have on your product, the better it's going to be. And if you try to actively restrict that, I don't think it's a good thing. I hope that these student organizations in Williamson County do their live streams and make it available to everybody because if you don't and you put those games on a public access channel, you immediately cut your audience incrementally. Oh, by absolutely. A
2: bunch. And then once again, the whole public access TV thing, I think we get into that argument of how many people are really like moms and dads are going, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's 70 degrees outside. It's a little bit too warm. I'm staying home and watching. <laughs> no, they're going to uh, go. Right,
0: yeah, I, I will play yeah. a little bit of devil's advocate here because maybe that public access channel has some very good advertising, and if so, we probably need to start our own.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good
0: point. Maybe. so, But, uh, yeah, great discussion about this. I know it's it's been a topic of, of chatter in the mid-state and we wanted to kind of touch on that tonight um, and hopefully hopefully they'll do what they need to to get their broadcast out to everybody because it really is a, an important thing to, to let people outside of the area see what's going on
1: I, I, I want in post-production I want a flamethrower sound. This is a this is a Chris Brooks hot take. I want a flamethrower. I want a flamethrower going. In. Every time we have a Chris Brooks hot take, I want a flamethrower sound.
0: I, I think I, I have this unhealthy obsession obsession with flamethrowers. Apparently, uh, Scott and I used to work together just to, to throw that out there. And uh, flamethrowers were talked about quite a bit in the office <laughs> when we worked together. So yeah, I, I would st- want to strap one on my back and just. Uh, Fired out there. but uh, Okay. I, I'll, I'll see what I can do about getting that sound effect on there. There you go. Uh, guys, it's been a good first episode. We're glad to get it done and out of the way. We don't have to fire ourselves. So you know, that's a positive. Um, for those of you listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, we do have more preview stuff on the way. Next episode is going to be 6A and Division 2 AA. And then we'll wrap up with the other classifications in our third episode next week. Uh, again thanks for joining us and one more thing before we go Scott.
1: Yep, uh, just remember to follow us on Facebook at Midstate Preps Plus, at Twitter at @615preps, the website www.midstateprepsplus.com.
0: In the next episode, 6A and Division 2AA are up next. This is the 615 podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you See for listening. Ya.
1: 615 Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC. Hey.